Hey everyone, just a quick announcement before we get into the episode for today. We no longer have a monthly supporter club. We now have a monthly subscriber club. We've joined forces with Spotify, and they are going to be hosting all of our extra episodes for our monthly subscriber club. So all you have to do to be a part of it is head over to Anchor, head over to our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash thecollegecomrades, and then you'll hit the little subscribe button. From there, you can subscribe for $2.99 a month to get access to our full episodes for the monthly subscribers. This also gets you into our Facebook group. So when you head over to Spotify, you'll be able to see all of our episodes in one place. And if you see a locked episode next to our monthly subscriber episodes, that means you need to unlock those episodes and become a monthly subscriber in order to listen to them. Let me tell y'all about Ma Energy. If you haven't jumped onto the superfuel train, there's no better place to start than Ma Energy. It's specifically formulated to give gamers an edge over the competition. Their energy and focus blend gives you a sugar-free, no-crash energy boost, sharpening your perception and accelerating your reactions. I just spent $100 on this stuff because its pricing is so good and comparable to most energy fuel for gamers. There's so much energy that one small package is worth $150 of Red Bull, but it's better for you and more effective. The rewards program is easy to use, getting points for following on socials, but also for each dollar you spend. With it, you can get discounts on flavors or even a free shaker for your drinking ease. They also sell blue light glasses if you want to take better care of your gaming habits. For it to work, you need to click on the link in our description so you can use discount code MA10 and get 10% off at checkout. If you want to get 10% off, be sure to click on the link in our description and use discount code MA10. In this week's episode of TCC, Kai and Noah sit down and question and discuss my spiritual story that you guys heard last week. So stay tuned. Let's get it. Welcome back to the TCC show. I am JB. Uh, we haven't been doing intros, but you know, I'm Kai. And I'm Noah. That's weird. That was weird. He never he never leaves. He never that. starts. It's because it's we, my episode. We haven't been doing introductions for any of these. I know. This is the... Get with the times, guys. So Well, man. we're with the times. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> How do you feel after doing that? I feel good. Like, I don't know. I've got to the point where, I mean, my story is my story, and I don't have a problem telling people about it. Um, and there's nothing really that's, like, crazy that happened to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Just went through life and grew up, and <laughs> it's just kind of the things that I went through, right? Yeah. Noah, did you learn anything that episode? Um... I made a few connections that I didn't realize. I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me think about who your tag leader was. And I don't think I caught it until the very end of the episode. Um, and I feel like that kind of paints a better picture of what tag looked like for you. Um, completely forgot about Lakeview trips. So that definitely painted, painted a, a better picture. Um, I mean, mission trips as a whole, that's something that 
got left out of my story. Same with kind of volunteering. I always forget how big like volunteering comes up in your story, which is something on my list because you only talked about it pretty briefly at the end there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I definitely want to pick your brain a bit more on that front. Um, I, Kai, what about you? Because uh, I have a I have a realization, but it leads into a question. Okay, regarding his tag leader, I thought I knew pretty confidently who his tag leader was until he said the thing about worship, and that threw me off. And I have no idea what I, what I, what to think now. Was it A? No. No. Why? Oh. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. That was my my first tag leader. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. One of many tag leaders. Oh. Yeah. Huh. All right. Um. Hmm. What makes sense? Go into your question, Kai, because well, we kind of had a little team meeting after the mics went off after we finished that right. episode. Like, oh, we forgot a topic. Right. Yeah. Um. Real quick before I do go into this. The, I feel like most of what you said, I actually knew, but didn't know that I knew. <laughs> like, like as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard that before. Right. And then, yeah. Uh, so the one part that I don't really know is women. Right. Let's talk about ladies within the church. Yeah, which is a point I made as pretty much as soon as we turned the mics off. Like, oh, I forgot to talk about that. Um, dating in the church was always very weird. Um, it was there was a weird amount of pressure. Um, and Noah, I'm pretty sure you know this firsthand and can agree with this. Um, so I guess my first kind of experience with this was I dated somebody in the church, um, for around nine months or so. Uh, and it was a very interesting experience, I would say, cause like, I didn't know how to have a girlfriend in the church. It was very, um, different. Um, you know, her parents were super supportive, um, but it was just strange because we we had very different levels of involvement. Um, I was very involved. I was leading a lot um, in some way, shape, or form, or volunteering a lot. Um, and uh, she was not, where this was very weird to me um, and kind of difficult to maneuver through. Um, you know, that ended up not working out, and it was for the best, but after that it was like a whole freedom to serve as much as I wanted and um you know almost felt a little held back because she wasn't at the same level of like leading and volunteering as I was and that's that was pretty much my life back then um and then kind of after that pretty much anyone else I dated I pretty much never brought them to church because everyone that was close or thought they were close to me just wanted to bombard them with questions and learn about their entire life story in 30 minutes. And I was like, you don't need to deal with that because there was just, it just was a very uncomfortable situation and it was very strange to me, you know, and there were like, my friends were very different, right? I could bring my girlfriend around like 
Noah and Gavin and Andrew and Kai and oh, I made, <laughs> made the cut. I didn't know if I'd fit in. Um, <laughs> because by that time, I feel like you and Noah were, you know, in tag together. You guys were involved, you know, in more right. at that time, right? Right. Um, and everyone was super welcoming. Like, if you brought a female around your church friends, like I always felt like they were always welcome. Like everyone was very just, Hey, how's it going? Like, like Malia especially was always very welcoming to anyone I brought, whether it was a dude or a chick. Right. Yeah, um, one you were dating at the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like those people stand out. Right. And that's, that's what I wish that everyone at the church, that's like right. that, their attitude. And I always, I always struggled with that because it's like, you know, how, how do you involve somebody in something that is such a big part of your life when everyone is very, you know, like just harsh, you know, like they might not mean to be, they just want to get to know this person, but they're very in your face about it. And it's like, just welcome them. Like, it's very aggressive, very aggressive. And it's like to let them get comfortable and then get to know them slowly. And like, but it's no, that like, we just got to grab them and, pull them aside and have a serious conversation about them when you just met them. It's like, okay, like that's great. Appreciate it. But like, let's not do that. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, what always drives me insane about the getting to know a girl process is the people who are like, be good to her. Treat like if you hurt her, <laughs> like, I don't know you. Right. I love right. that. I, 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 I think it's that. ridiculous. Every, be yeah. be every, good to her. No shit. What do you think yeah, I'm gonna do? Yeah. Every time I hear that, I'm gonna break her heart. It, it makes me think so That's much. That's why I date women. I think, I think so little of the person who says that. Yeah. Like you right. have no trust in her for right. choosing me. Right. Right. Like yeah. You don't need to know who I am, but but you have no faith in her. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's um. Oh, what was I gonna say? There, there's this. It's this weird idea of that i think a lot of baptist churches and very like conservative thinking kind of goes along the track of you are dating to marry and so if jb brings a girl to church that he's dating then his goal is to marry this girl which reflecting on my experience back in philida and just all of life I do not believe that to be true. I do not believe that you have to be dating to marry as long as both parties are on the same page with the goals and the pace set of the relationship. So that's something that stands out to me. Because I had, because I even, I never brought a girlfriend to church until I was dating Malia. And even then we were at the phase of like, we don't have time for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the flings that I had that were inside of the church, it was, it was almost put on a pedestal. Like I, I grab a lot of similarity and, uh, I don't know, comfort in Kai's story of, of how his dad views relationships or used to view relationships is like just this gung ho, like you got to get married today. Like you found a girl, like just marry her, just put a ring on her and it's going to work out. And you know, you're not even at, at least I wasn't even at the dating phase. So why would I even start to go down that route? Mm -hmm. Or why would I start to get to that depth that the, 
church put on like the pressure on well that's funny you mentioned that because when i was i went and talked to um that girlfriend that i dated in the church i went and talked to her dad um when i was trying to figure out you know what i wanted and kind of telling him that i was gonna break up with her um <laughs> nice ba- basically and uh he was like you know i when i was your age i was picking out a ring and like all this stuff i'm like dude like no like number one i'm not ready for that number two she's not ready for that i was like and i'm not ready for that with her either like that's right. not what this conversation that's not where this conversation is going dude like <laughs> it was just but that that's exactly what you're talking about is this whole like oh you're you're getting married right like when are you gonna, when are you going to get married right. and i i like ever since any like ever since that honestly if a girl talks about getting married i'm like i don't want to talk about that Number one, not that like I don't want to talk about that in general, because mainly I want to protect that person, right? I want to protect their heart. Um, the conversations can be had about what your thoughts on marriage, like th- those mm-hmm. are good conversations to have. But it's like if people are always so wrapped up in, I can't wait to marry you, I can't wait to marry you, and then six months down the road, you're like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. Like they had, they had this whole mentality of we're going to get married. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, they're looking at that. And that's why I like ever since then, I'm like conversation can be had about what you want, what I want. But if you just bring up marriage all the time, like, like don't. Right. Not because I don't want to talk about it because I don't want you to get this idea that that's like, that is happening. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm dating you to figure it out. Boundary setting. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a very hard thing for people for anyone to grasp right and that sounds a lot like the conversation you and i had um oh yeah yeah (laughs) you understand why i had that conversation with you i I don't know what you mean (laughs) it's something that i just thought about too is imagine like two people just don't work out just for compatibility reasons right like I think that it, at least the environment that you and I grew up in, and Kai, I want you to speak on it too. They just don't get it. Like, oh my gosh, these two people just like aren't compatible, so they're not going to make it work. Like, how could they even think like that? Right. It's like you're not locked in. Like, like if like... a girl didn't like skateboarding, you're out the window. <laughs> you don't make the cut. And for Kai, if she was a vegan and didn't like Ugh. burgers... She doesn't make the cut. (laughs) There's no getting around that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that spoke to an interesting, uh, something that I struggled with was believing that anytime a relationship ended, it was bad. Right. And and it wasn't until like, you know, I had been through three, I think relationships or maybe five, you know, hard to define what relationship means, but, uh, I was talking to some woman and she was like, like, oh, okay, so you've broken up with more people than you've been broken up with. And I was like, whoa. Then I started getting really defensive to her. And she's like, hey, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like if a relationship isn't going to work, it's good to just end it. Right. And I was like, and then I came back to her the next day. And I said, that was really profound in my life. I'm like, that, yeah. meant, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. 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 Well, that's like my my last breakup. It was definitely for the best. And I learned a lot from it. Um, and the conversation was had about marriage, but it was not talked about on a regular basis, which is fine. And 
it ended well-ish. Well-ish. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. The relationship or that conversation? The relationship. <laughs> okay, well, well, I ask because I'm curious how that conversation went. Um, you said the conversation was had about marriage? Yeah. Um, so when we first started dating, she she had no intentions on getting married married and i was like okay Ever or just kind of in general just because of divorce that had, that had happened in her right. family so she so she had been hurt from it right okay um and then throughout dating she's like okay i guess i could see you know a future of actually getting married so it changed over time but let's jump into questions mm-hmm. oh yeah um I kind of have them categorized, kind of like Kai's episode. Um, You talk a lot about Andrew and Gavin. Talk about how how the relationship that you had with each of them played a role in your spiritual walk. And then, um, to double with that question, how did Andrew moving away and Gavin moving away impact your spiritual walk? Yeah. Or... Uh, let me let me add a third please okay, okay. Uh, yeah you're gonna have not, to guide me through this yeah did were there other people in your spiritual walk that played a big of as big of a role as they did okay because you talk about them like they're kind of the like key components at mm-hmm. the very beginning um so i'll set up the time frame a little bit for you um andrew was definitely first so Andrew was one of the first people that I really uh, got to know well. Um, and we really grew together as far as serving, as far as our spiritual walks. Um, well, Gavin wasn't in the church till you were in high school. Correct. Yeah, that's where Gavin doesn't come in to my story until honestly about junior year, probably junior, senior mm-hmm. year of high school. So pretty big gap, right? So me and Andrew... Um, me and Andrew did pretty much everything together. Um, I went on pretty much all his family trips. Uh, he was on every mission trip that I was on. He went on some without me. Um, every zone event, every youth event. I mean, if me and Andrew weren't there, it was like weird because we were at everything together. Um, and that's when, because of Andrew's older brother, um, I got to know a lot of the older generation as well. Um, so I was kind of engulfed in both, you know, my age group, but also that older generation um, of guys and girls and everybody together. Um, so Andrew was like the one that really started, I guess, my connection at Philida. And I, like he was my grade. So we did everything together. We went through, um, I don't think we went to the same elementary school, but we went to middle school together went to high school together um we went to the criminal justice program in high school together um so we did pretty much everything together in some way shape or form um and you know the more and more we got involved like each of us were as involved as the next like it was pretty obvious that like we were both we were both serving a lot um when andrew left um, there was definitely this weird gap that he left. Um, and, but, you know, honestly, I think it was also when I started going on the road, 
um, he started hanging out with you a lot more, Noah. Um, and that relationship kind of started to dwindle. But the thing with Andrew is like, I could call him up right now and we could talk like nothing, like no time has passed. Um, that's something I've always really loved about Andrew. Um, so it was definitely experience the passing of time. Yeah, it just doesn't, it just, it's not there. Time doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, but I think that, you know, me traveling a lot during the summer had a lot to do with it. Plus he was at camp, um, most of those summers as well. So, um, you know, I still consider him one of my best friends, but that, that connection and closeness has definitely changed, um, you know, what that looks like over time. Um, so where Gavin comes in, you know, he came into the church probably eighth grade, freshman year, sophomore year. I don't really remember exactly when, uh, we weren't super tight until probably like serving at zone. Um, we became really good friends. Um, and he was like right there when we all kind of, when me and him were going through that, um, the big spiritual growth that we both had, um, so he was definitely, um, a big part of that. We served at heart change a lot together. Um, served at Polita a lot together, went to, um, one of the local mega churches a lot where he started to, uh, do worship. So I kind of went with him a little bit there. Um, and he was, he was definitely a bigger part in my, that big spiritual growth that I had, um, than Andrew was. Um, but yeah, those, those two pretty much were like my right hands through all of it. Rock on. Um, you talked about heart change and, or or rather what you got from heart change in the aftermath of it. And usually the biggest step of heart change is getting there. So I'm, I'm curious as what drew you to heart change, why you went in general. Um, So I went to heart change kind of just because Gavin said it was worth it. Like I didn't really have a specific reason. Um, I know, I knew it was, it was definitely something good to go through. I knew very little about it. Um, which is kind of the whole point, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I didn't really have like anything big and, and nasty that I was like, oh, I need to deal with this. You know, I want to I want to get through this crap there. I didn't really have that. Um, I just went with an open mind and came out for the better on the other side eventually. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't really like a this is why I'm going type of a deal. It's just I should probably go through this. It's just kind of a weird answer, but makes sense. I mean, if if I go to the same friend every day and say you have to go through heart change, eventually he's going to be so annoyed that I'll say okay. It's right, true. right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you paint a better picture? Not necessarily better. Better is not the right word. Can you paint a different picture for us of what zone looked like? Because. Kai talked about it from an outside perspective and how it uh, impacted his story um, mm-hmm. because his peers, our peers, uh, were forced to uh, go to an alternative in order to serve at Zone. 
and I only ever served at zone. You were a ser- you were serving at zone, and you were a student. Right. So, as a student at zone, um, our middle school group as a church was decent sized at that time. Um, so a lot of those other students were there as well, um, both above my grade and below my grade. Um, mainly above, but, uh, so, you know, that high school ish dream team were eighth graders when I first started going to zone. Um, so I kind of grew through that. Um, so once I started serving at zone, I was in Enos my freshman year. Um, you talked about that in your story. Um, it was, they wanted you to be a part of tag, um, but our, so that's what was very strange because like my tag group was very exclusive. Like nobody joined my tag group. They're, the only person that ever joined my tag group was Gavin. That's it. Like nobody, nobody ever joined. Um, there was no room for that. They didn't, they didn't allow us to gain members. So, um, there were people serving at zone that were, um, old students that had gone through and they wanted them to get involved. Um, but they weren't necessarily, uh, plugged in probably as much as they were when you were, um, a staff member. Um, so I don't know you know, that was pretty lax back then. I don't know if it was mainly because you kind of wanted that rule or how that went. Um, because when you started really leading zone, I wasn't there. Um, and like by the time my junior senior year came around my zone or my, my zone, my tag group wasn't really (laughs) a thing. Like we didn't really meet so that there wasn't a tag group to be had. So it just, that, that was it. Yeah, I think for the time and the era of the time that I went to zone, it was it was a completely different generation of kids serving. Right. And so we demanded uh, the same amount of uh, consistency and uh, dedication to zone. Um, but I think with the generation change and, you know, like I think that, like when you were in school, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you were in school, like, you went to high school baseball practice during baseball season. You weren't doing baseball practice year round. Right. Um, and you know, in my generation, you kind of start to see that flip of, well, now you're gonna play twice a year. You're mm-hmm. gonna play in in the fall and the summer, right, or whatever. And then you look at the generation below me, um. And now you're going to be playing baseball year round. Right. And you're going to be ready for when the season starts so you can be the best player you can be. Mm-hmm. So you can be, you know, the best asset to a team. Um, and so as, you know, the model changes not only in social life, but in just the looseness of uh, commitment levels, we had to set in place rules, not only for the zone staff, but the zone students that if their dedication level was anything different than what they said, then we had to enforce rules. So Right. Yeah. And I mean, um, and like I played golf in high school. Um, 
so but my golf season was only in the fall and i would play i would play year round but after golf season it was on me so i could take wednesday off and go to zone and and serve um because i wasn't doing it through the school or anything Um, so in your story, you talk about how you receive this view of your parents that, um, I don't know, kind of like kicks you into overdrive to be super hardworking and then you go through heart change and all of this baggage is lifted off. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so what is the what is the view or pressure that your parents were putting on you or at least how you received it? So it was mainly I mean, I grew up um you know, my dad instilled a work ethic in me and that I still have to this day. Um that I mean, if you're going to do something, you're not going to half-ass it and you're going to have a good attitude about it. He used to wear a shirt around the house all the time that on the back said attitude is everything. And it doesn't it didn't matter whether it was sports or work or school. I mean, he like that was his motto. Um <clears throat> and I guess kind of where the pressure started um so my sister um she moved out when I was 15 16 I think moved down to California um I didn't see her for three years or something I think she might have come back once or twice but um you know through my family and kind of my extended family I was always the the person that had their shit together I guess um so it wasn't just my parents it was kind of everybody um and you know my sister went through a lot of crap um and my family was kind of always there for her, help pick her back up, get her back on her feet. And, um, I was, I felt very overlooked because I, I wasn't going through any of that. I was just, I was working by the time I was what, 17, 16, 17, um, <clears throat> and, uh, paying for my own gas and spending money and whatever. And my parents just kind of let me go and let me do my thing. And, um, I felt like I always had to be working because I saw I didn't want my parents to have to help me out. Like they obviously they paid for my car insurance, my health insurance, and they gave me an allowance for gas, but, um, and helped me with like all my golf stuff. Um, but I, it was just this like whole expectation of you have your shit together. You're making your own money. Like you're good. That's what I felt from not just my parents, but my extended family as well. Um, and, uh, that just weighed on me, I guess, heavier than I ever thought. And kind of going through hard change made me realize like, that's not actually on your shoulders. Like that's what you have placed there. Um, so it wasn't like a conversation was having my parents and like, no, that's not the case. I mean, after they went through hard change, it was that conversation was had, but, um, it was my own realization through heart change that made me realize that. Um, and I never stopped working hard. Like that didn't stop me from working hard. I still have that same work ethic. I, you know, will bust my ass doing whatever it is. Right. Um, but it was more of the fact that, okay, I don't necessarily have to be working. Um, 
I've taken one one section of time off in my life, and I took three or four months off um, in between working my first construction job. Um, well, actually, I was in between. It was in between kind of my high school job and when I got my first construction job. It was like three or four months there, I'm pretty sure, um, before I started. And I just, I had money in the bank from working all summer, and I just lived my life. I mean, I was hiking like every day. I was just hanging out with friends and um, staying up super late, waking up super late. I mean, that's just what I did. It was like the first time I was actually able to be a kid yeah. and like fully feel like I didn't have any obligations. I was out of high school, you know, like my parents weren't charging me rent. Like I was, I think I was still going to Clark part time, but, um, that was it. Like I had to make it to school and I was taking like 10 credits or eight credits or something like super easy. And, um, I just, was a kid for kind of the first time because I, um, I guess a, a free kid with their license, I guess I would say, right. you know, I, cause I, I mean, I did plenty of things like through the church and the youth events and like hanging out with friends. Like I was a kid, but, um, you know, make my parents sound like slave drivers cause they weren't. Um, but it was like that first break from a job that I've had since I was 16 or 17. Right. Um, because in high school, I mean, I was, especially like my senior year, my junior year, I'd go to work until uh, right after school until five or six. And then my senior year, I didn't have a six period. So I was off at one thirty every day. <clears throat> um, and I just went to work every day. So I would go to skill center in the morning. I'd go to high school for two classes. And if the class was super boring or I got my work done, I was 18 my entire senior year. So if I wanted to leave, I could leave. And I did a lot. Like nobody ever said anything because I had I had straight A's. Right. Like they didn't care. Just like you know, I'd show up for half the class and be like, "All right, I'm done. I'm gonna leave." And they're like, "All right," and I'd leave. So yeah. Um, it, what a power move. Yeah, I just I just worked. That was that was my thing. I mean, and and I had kids ask me at graduation. You had kids? No, I did not have any kids. Mm. At graduation, they're like, "Wait, you still go here?" Like, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't go to anything, you know, like my senior year, I don't think I went to any football games. Um, I just worked. That's just what I did. And then summer would come around my junior year. Um, I had to get permission from my principal to leave a week early to go out of town. And I walked up to him in my paper and had my like reason written out and handed it to him. I was like, Hey, I need to leave a, a week early this for the summer. And he's like, Oh, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm going on a work trip. And he's like, wait, you're doing what? I was like, yeah, I'm going on the road. He's like, you know, this is the first time a student has ever came to me and asked if they could get out of school early for work. I was like, yep, going on the road. See you later. And he's like, all right, here you go. So I did my finals a week early and then ended up getting mono and didn't go on that first work trip, unfortunately. Wow. But it worked out because I didn't have to go to school. So. Um. I feel like work ethic is a very good transition to volunteering. Mm -hmm. You talked about volunteering towards the end of your story. And knowing you, I know that this is a big part of your story. Right. Um, and the one instance where you had to set up heart change all alone is not the first instance where you 
felt frustrated with volunteering. Correct. Um, and then the instance that you brought up is actually where you drew the line. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping you could fill in the story a little bit more with volunteering in the church. So, I mean, I did pretty much everything that I could do at the church, whether it was um, a support role for the worship team, whether it was vacation Bible school, um, zone, youth group, youth events. I mean, I was always there doing something for somebody. Um, and the hardest thing for me, like, so we, especially like with, with worship too, right? So I would set up worship too on a Friday. We'd go to church Sunday and I'd already been there since seven o'clock doing worship stuff or running audio or X, Y, and Z, whatever. Before we could start youth group, we had to tear down worship too. And typically it was your dad, my dad, um, a couple other people, and like maybe a couple high schoolers helping tear down and get everything in a room and so we could play games and start youth group. Were you in high school at the time? Yes, I was okay. in high school. Um, so I never just, saw worship too, so. Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I was still in high school at this time. And, uh, Nobody really like helped. Like there was plenty of guys there that could have helped out. Um, you know, everyone would help every once in a while, whatever. It was just oh, that was always a frustrating thing. That was a consistently frustrating thing throughout like my time volunteering. Um, you know, setting up tables and chairs. Um, they always called me uh, if it was like for a family potluck. Hey, let's get JB. Okay, you know and. It was always minimal help with me, typically. Um, you know, there'd be a couple dads or a couple pastors or whatever helping out sometimes. But it was just this consistent thing of everyone else wanted to BS and talk. And I was a student helping get everything torn down consistently. Yeah. Um, and it just got really old really fast. Um mainly towards the end, like I always had a really good attitude about it when I was still in high school and middle school. And and as far as serving and volunteering, I never like, I never complained about it. Like if I was asked to do something, I did it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, it just finally built up and I was tired of it. Um, I don't, I don't know why that instance is the one that set me off, but that was, that was kind of where I drew the line. So um, okay, so you, in the middle of your story, you referenced very quickly um, how in the young adults class, your spiritual gift was talked about. And it wasn't clear if that was a good or a bad thing, but it was talked about, and then you never out went loud. back. <laughs> yes, out loud, and yes. you never went back. Can you talk about that just a little bit more um yeah to paint a clear picture of so that was a negative that was impactful yeah that was a very negative thing um mainly because Philida was very i guess spiritual gifts were very like on the fence at Philida. they were never talked about define um, spiritual gifts so Philida defined spiritual gifts as um, you know, the gift of service or the gift of worship or um, hospitality and like those kinds of things. Um, spiritual gifts I'm talking about are, um, 
more spiritual spiritual gifts um prophet like, like yeah prophecy tongues, tongues interpretation um, inter- yeah that kind of stuff so for whatever reason i don't know how this leader knew about this gift of mine um because i didn't tell very many people um i told kai's parents um gavin knew about it um and i think you and malia i think knew about it um oh we should circle back to malia my whole family knew about it yeah yeah because she was a pivotal part of my walk too okay um so it was a very negative thing because number one i was i was completely um blindsided by it um and the way it was brought up was very inappropriate in my opinion it was very like on the spot like hey jb maybe you should talk about this since you have this said gift and like in front of all these people that i'm like like how do you even know i didn't i didn't even know what to say because i was like number one why is this being brought up now number two it's number two it's none of your business and number three it's like why like the the environment was wrong like it was like i'm calling you out defend yourself type of a deal i was like really okay you know, so like I pled my case and whatever, and um, there was very minimal discussion about it. I don't remember if I was like hostile about it or what. Probably was a little bit, um, <laughs> honestly. Um, but I was I was done after that. I mean, it was a very, um, it was just very strange to me. I didn't understand that you know the need for that. Um, so what what had happened before? As far as what? As far as with the young adults class. So we've kind of seen this pattern of everything builds up and then there's a breaking point. Was this the same situation? Were no. there something? Okay. No, it was not. I mean, it was, I was, I was always kind of on the fence about the young adults group. I wasn't like super for it. I wasn't against it. Um, it was just kind of an awkward group of people, I guess. I mean, it was people I knew, people I knew well. Um, but the group as a whole just never really, like, meshed, I felt like. Um, I felt like once I graduated, there was there was just, like, it was just gapped really weird. And it was just kind of a... There wasn't any, I guess, like, community, I felt like. Maybe it, other people did, but... It just it just felt like an interesting group of people to talk about the Bible with for whatever reason. I felt like it was ill defined. Like right. young adult could be as young as the person who wanted to be in it or mm-hmm. as old as the person who wanted to be in it. Right. Because several like elders every once in a while would like stop in and just see what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um Well and and to be clear, this this was a Sunday school class. Right. This was no longer zone mm-hmm. or tag. Right or any lock-in or youth event that had been outside of church and you you go because you want to. This was an activity that took place conveniently on Sunday right, right. after the service. Completely voluntary. I could have just left every time after church if I wanted to. I didn't have to be there. Right. That's where I was. 
Yeah. I never went to the young adults group. Yeah. I think maybe I went there once. I don't know. Right. You wanted to circle back to Malia. Yeah. So Malia, Malia and I were really, really good friends. Um, oh, probably high school because I was driving. So it had to have been at least my freshman year, sophomore year. So I started driving at the end of my freshman year. So it's probably sophomore, junior year. Um, she was kind of just like my check-in person. Um, we would go get coffee and just talk about everything. Andrew would join us every once in a while. I think you joined us a couple times. Um, it was just, uh, what's happening in your life? Like, how are you? Like, like really, how are you? Like, how are you actually doing? Right. Cause it's like, you know, you get your typical people on Sunday. Oh, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Good. All right. See ya. Like it was a, how are you actually doing time? What's going on in your life? Like a catch up type of a time um which was really good for me and and you and andrew um to have like that kind of mini community that we all had together um because that was a time where zone or not zone tag um was there but it wasn't it was very inconsistent for us during that time because we were going through tag leaders left and right um ones we liked ones we didn't like and then it we just didn't have a tag so it was a very weird time um and it was just a a time to really be real with the people that you were growing up in the church with, which was super cool to see. Mm. So, cool. Ordering Taco Bell through the sunroof and whatnot. Yeah, I didn't have a sunroof. But yeah. Mm. <laughs> Whose car was that? We always took my truck. Huh. Mm-hmm. Last question. Last question that I got. Um, at the end of your story, you talk about where you're at now. Now you're kind of just searching for this perfect fit and kind of in the process of uncovering and figuring out where you're at. And you mentioned how Philida feels like your family. What is stopping you from going back to Philida? I didn't I didn't say Philida feels like family i felt like mainly that the church like when we were in it felt like a family okay i don't feel like that now okay like so let's all of us go back right (laughs) so like it when i do because i i have gone back um time you know here and there i'll go to like easter or christmas or whatever with my family and you know um and then every once on a sunday i'll go um it's very different uh I don't know if people like don't know how to talk to me or or what, but um, I guess I feel pretty judged, kind of. I guess, which is a that's always been a thing there, which is fine. That's part of that's not just a Philida thing; that's a church thing um, in general. Um, and I don't fault anyone at Philida for that. Like I, I don't have, I don't like. I'm not going there because of you. Like, I don't, I don't feel like that. Um, it's just very different because of how disconnected I am. Um, when I talk about family, I talk about like finding a church that feels like that again, which like you mentioned is going to be very hard Uh and it's going to take a lot of time. Um, that's kind of what I mean when I say that. 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Now, I th- have a question regarding um, you wanted to get something started on Sunday nights at the church mm-hmm. with Gavin, and then uh, that didn't happen, and you experienced a lot of, um, not grief, but like sadness on their mm-hmm. response and whatnot. Right. I feel like there's a lot more in that in general, where where you'll go to a different... So even though Philida is non-denominational, a lot of, if not most of its congregants, uh, kind of fall into a line that you don't really align with. And I feel like, is is there any validity to, you would go to a different church, you described that mega church you would go to, and then you would kind of sympathize with the denomination there, and then you come back to Philida and feel like this is just kind of lacking what I need? Yeah, I definitely struggle with that a lot. Um, you know, because like, especially worship, for example, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we, me and Gavin specifically, um, and other people went to, went to a Wednesday night service at another church, um, where their worship was really good. Gavin ended up leading worship there every once in a while. Um, and that, I mean, basically to get filled up, like that's I had to go elsewhere, but also not just because like Philida wasn't cutting it is because I was serving and volunteering so much mm. um, where I know like people, you know, um, have gone to other churches in order to get filled up because of how much they serve. And that that's exactly where I was at. Um, so as your output increases right your input must increase as well so you go so i had to look multiple places yeah so i had to look outside of philida because i couldn't like sunday morning during regular church service wasn't always like getting me filled up because i i was typically serving and then even when i wasn't like the messages were always super good like sermons have always been i was i've always been very good but um Worship is where I always feel like that's where I get filled up. Um, and that was lacking. So, yes, I had to go outside of that. And then coming back, it probably compounded because of what you're saying. Like, I always felt like I wanted Philida to be more like this or more like this. Mm-hmm. So, very much so um, of why, like, I wanted to start that high school group. And I wanted to give other people that that spot to get filled up like I needed. Not right. everyone's like that, but, um, and have that energy and excitement for the Holy Spirit that I th- always thought that flight was kind of lacking. Describe the feeling when you got shot, you and Gavin both got shot down your idea for this worship night slash high school night. Um, and you were high schoolers at the time, correct? I think we were out of high school. Okay. I think, yeah, I think we were both out of high school. Um, Gavin might have been a senior, but I, I don't I don't remember exactly. I know I was for sure out of high school. Um, so it was very – it was hard to take in because we didn't really get a reason. I think that was probably, like, the biggest part of it. Was It was just, like, a, a no, that's not something we're interested in. Hmm. That's it. Like, there wasn't – we don't think you guys can handle that. That's We don't have the people for it. Like, it's I don't not part of the goals of right. the church, like yeah. nothing. And Gavin, correct me if I'm wrong, please. But that's how I remember it. I don't. That's just what I remember. 
I could be totally wrong and off base, but that's how I took it and what I remember from it. And you said that they started a program shortly after that was that had the characteristics that you guys were sort of looking for, but not necessarily in the format that you were hoping for. Talk about that a little bit. So that was Voyage, I guess. I never went to it. Um, I can only make those assumptions based off what Kai has said and what you guys have described of it because I never, I never went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was at least a year, if not two years after we brought this up that this started. Um, so I don't, I don't know how it came to be. I don't, I don't know any of the details behind it. Um, I was pretty pissed cause I was like, really now you start something. And then I heard it was just not good. And I was like, that sucks. But okay like i don't i didn't know what to i didn't know what to say i was like well we had a plan we had everything kind of written out like we went with like an outline like yeah of what we expected and like what we wanted this to be so which would have definitely from what i have learned about voyage um would have still fit in what they wanted out of it kai do you have any more questions I have zero more questions. I have zero more questions as well. Any any other thoughts, JB? Anything else that you would like to bring up? I don't think so. About? Cool. Well, thank you for sharing your spiritual story with us. You bet. Um, let, let, let him end it. I do want... Well, I'll let you end it. I do want to talk about what next week's going to look oh, like. My bad. <laughs> um... Next week is still part of our spiritual series. Um, we're going to discuss now having listened to all of each other's stories. We are going to have an internal discussion, just us three, about uh, kind of maybe the same things that we've talked about. Um, but we're going to get a little bit more in depth on them. We're going to... Um, maybe uncover some things that we forgot about uh i don't know we're just gonna have a discussion we're gonna sit down and have a discussion um and then the week after that we've got some fan questions is that right that's right Mm -hmm. yeah fan questions so because you guys have had would be listening that's the seventh week yeah and then so yeah, hit us up with the fan questions before. So that. when you, when you're hearing this, start writing your fan questions. Uh, there will be prompts on Instagram and Facebook, but don't be afraid to write us paragraphs, paragraphs and pages in our DMs. Um, that way we can get better context. You know, send us the timestamps so that you can clarify questions. Um, but yeah, we're going to be answering all of your questions, every single one of them. Uh, so start writing those in now, uh, and you'll get a discussion episode next week. Now you can end it. Thanks for the questions. Appreciate it. Felt good about my story. Good. It's good. good. Farewell. Nice. <laughs>